The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. Hello and welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Newman, and today I am joined by Ben Haworth. How are you, Ben? Hello. I promise I didn't forget your name. It sounded like I forgot your name for like a quarter of a second. I, I didn't. I promise I <laughs> didn't. There's a weird pause there. Yeah, I was wondering what that was. It's it's too hot. This is the first day that it's been like 100 degrees of summer, and I'm like, I'm just not personally prepared for it. And I mowed today, and, and like it fried every brain cell I have, and I'm not cool with it. <laughs> Winter so bad. Like I came inside at our house. At our new house is not air conditioning that well either. So like I came inside, and me and Katie were like, "I wanted to go back to being cold." Me too. God. <laughs> so it's too much. Um, it's but talking weird. about yeah, <laughs> but talking this week we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, married life as well with uh, Tully, uh, which is uh, coming in in a film synopsis. Marlo is a New York suburbanite who about to give birth to her third child. Her husband, Ron, is loving and works hard, but remains clueless about the demands that motherhood puts on his wife. When the baby is born, Marlo's wealthy brother hires a nighttime nanny named Tully to help his sister handle the workload. Hesitant at first, Marlo soon learns to appreciate all that Tully does, forming a special bond with her new life-saving friend. That is super opaque, and I appreciate yeah. that as a summary. Yeah, I mean that's. If this, we can talk a little bit about why uh, this is one of those yeah. movies that's going to come and go, and then probably be discovered later. Because how the hell do you market this movie? Uh, I think everyone yeah. just saw this I, like ah, treacly, you know, kind of indie movie with a, you know, a young manic pixie dream girl comes and teaches people how to remember to be cool and hip, and you right, know, right. all your your mom's going to watch it and be like, that was a great movie, and you're like, well, I'll see it never. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's actually more interesting than that, and I'm glad we're going to be talking about it on the spoiler podcast, because the reason it's interesting is that, for a very spoiler reason, so it's tough. It's yeah. kind of like Split, yeah. where I'm like, I don't know how to tell people to go see this without ruining why. Right. <laughs> I, I don't actually think you really can, honestly. Like, all, all I can say is, like, for instance, it's it's also kind of like the rest of the movie, like, I'm amazed that like I didn't know. I agree with you. That I at about the halfway point, I knew that something was happening and there was going to be some form of reveal. And I didn't expect this movie going in to have any reveals at all. Like I just expected the formula to be like, oh, there's a night nanny and she teaches cool lessons, and then you're done. And then so I had like a two part reveal where like, oh, there's going to be a reveal, something weird's happening. And then it also then did the actual reveal, which I did not figure out by the time I did. And it was, it was a weird experience. Cause I realized for most movies, I kind of go in these days, like at least partially spoiled on something. <laughs> Cause I had forgotten what like a real in movie spoiler was right. Mm. That's Cause true. I had theorized so much That's about uh, what was going to happen in infinity wars. I, I, you know, I, I wasn't surprised by the option they picked, even though it was a <laughs> surprise. Like, yeah. And even like directors get attached to certain things. Like, you know, you own M night Shyamalan movie, you're expecting a, a twist. Right. Uh, Jason Reitman, Diablo Cody aren't that they're they're more what we ex- what I expected out of this movie, which is, you know, relationship dramas and people dealing with stuff and funny quirky dialogue and Right, uh, right. And and that's what I kind of was expecting, um, because I'm a big uh fan of these two collaborating. Um it's sort of interesting after 
they made Young Adults, which uh, uh, we don't have to go through their entire career, but they've they've written together. They've written uh, Juno, Young Adult, and now this. Um, and Young Adults is probably my favorite of theirs and is the one everybody dislikes because it is br- brutal. It's about a horrible, miserable person making everybody's life miserable. And it's uh, it's really well done. Right. Charlie's Theron. Um, and then after that, I think they're like, well, you need some time apart. And they both went off and made their own movies. Two movies by themselves. And they were both, well, all four of those movies are terrible. <laughs> Jason yeah. Reitman did yeah. uh, Labor Day and Men, Women, and Children, which are both awful. And I was like, and she did, uh, Labor Day, Labor Day in particular was like, was <laughs> Labor Day was so funny because everybody saw that trailer. It was, it was in front of every movie for some reason. And everyone's like, is that movie right. just about a convict and a bored housewife making a pie? And then my friends who watched it were all like, it's just about a housewife and a convict making a pie. It's like the whole movie. <laughs> That's all that happens. It's, it's, it's really bizarre. Like the, like the, I'll, I'll never understood that they wanted and it's really funny too when like somebody is like stressing it's not just about the pie you know like that's like what's happening it's like okay well you need metaphor. to do something to earn that <laughs> so I, I the reason I saw this film out is, is I think they work best together and I was excited for them to get back together and it was getting good reviews so I'm like yes let this be a return to form uh, and then it gets more interesting from there. I mean, do we want to talk about the spoiler to start with, or do oh, we, we have wanna... to? We have to. I, I think. I think. I, I don't think there's any reason. Like we've hint, we've already told people that got on here, uh, like, hey, it's it's a good spoiler to go in unspoiled, and it's it's actually possible to go into this film and be unspoiled, unlike every other form film that's really released today. So if you yeah, if you want to see it, go see minutes. it. It's enjoyable. There's lots of stuff to like about it. I think I would recommend it just to start off with. So I'll say that much. If you want to yeah. just for my for our two cents um uh this is fight club for moms <laughs> that's what this movie right. is um, <laughs> i love and, i love how it's like fight club he's like he's had a break with society and she's had a she's just like beleaguered by her children <laughs> she's, she's 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 had a break with herself i mean that's what makes this this was the interesting twist so um yeah so um the basic plot is charlie Theron is a woman named marlo she's not one of those moms who can like who just lives a perfect life. Which it, it, this movie does a great job showing all the horrible, shitty parts about having kids. So she's having a third kid. She already has a child uh, who's on the spectrum, um, and uh, and sort of a, another uh, a young older girl who sort of has like self confidence issues. And then they have a new baby coming out, and she's just exhausted and dead. And her husband, played by Ron Livingston, um, is you know supportive but very absent. He only plays video games they don't have sex anymore and so it's sort of she just feels like kind of this emotionally drained person and uh can i, her can I brother... say something too real quick i need to mention yeah. this i was very happy how the dad was absent but it didn't demonize him no i thought that was a great portrayal because he wasn't right comical it was a is a way we could see someone naturally just slowly slipping away from a relationship yeah you know yeah and and it was and it was hard it was i mean it was horrifying in its own way in a sort of way but at the same time it was like it was very realistic and i feel like there's so many movies just go for the easy he's a bad person like uh yeah, I they, figured, he, what's he the never one? cheated on her he never like you know uh yeah went away yeah for months at a time for no reason right it was well, it was just he would you know put on the video game headset and just kind of disappear and there's like a great line later in the movie where someone's like and she left him alone with the kids and she's like weren't you there <laughs> like he doesn't even view himself as a father and, and that kind of re- he realizes that at that moment which i thought was great 
Yeah. And I think the other thing is this thing. One of the things I hate is, have you ever seen uh, Horrible Moms? No, Bad Moms, the the comedy. Uh, Bad Moms, yeah, the uh, Mila Kunic one. Uh, They have this thing where it's like, it, it makes no sense. The dad is like a home dad but he has his own business and like he just like goes off and like sexy snapchats with other women and that's like the basis of their brain and it's just it's a very weird <laughs> contection and it's one of those things where i was like it's unnecessary that he also cheats on her like they could be drifting apart and it's one of those things right. where i'm like I, i'm not saying that people don't cheat all the time it happens all the time but at the same time i was i, I like see these things and it's like Anytime, like, a female is the main character, there's, like, has to be some evil, like, guy dragging her down. I don't know. Maybe that's... Right, and there's just, like, little moments that are nice where he comes home and and he's, like... And she's, like, exhausted, so she just makes a frozen pizza. And he looks at her, he's, like, frozen pizza again? And she just looks at him, like, don't even start. Like, I am exhausted. There's no way I'm cooking a full meal for you right now. Um, And there's little moments like that that I, I think make his character, like you said... You can sympathize with what he's coming through, but also you you recognize that he's just not pulling his weight in the relationship, and uh, right. he he wants to have this sort of like classic do everything from home and then come home and then just hope everything works out uh, with the family. Well, he just kind of yeah, which he can't do that. This his life, is, yeah, yeah, and and he recognizes it too. It's it's good. It's 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 probably my preferred method of that story. Sorry, I I zeroed in on something that I actually really liked about this movie. No, it's great. There's I mean, a lot totally- of other things to like about it. Yeah. So I interrupt my as I go through the plot for for things you like because uh, I agree I think this is a it was an issue film to begin with and then the end weirdly went through a parabola where I was like this kind of ruins this movie and then I was like no actually I get it now um so I, we'll talk about that I I get yeah. it I I do think that there is a, I do think I want to come back to that because I think that can be a that can be a fine criticism of this movie I think in a vacuum yeah. I think somebody could come in and say I mean this doesn't really match the rest of the movie I think that could be a criticism I I still really like it and I like how it like ends itself um I think that it makes me I I do agree that like the ending of the movie makes me question the relationship and every time that I saw Tully in the movie more than when I the real things that I should about motherhood that this is teaching me about. Do you know what I mean? Like Yeah, I, th- I have a reading on the ending which might help, so we'll we'll get there. Um right, and yeah, why yeah. I I came around with it. Um so yeah, so so the titular person Tully uh, she is a, what's called a night nanny. Um so Charlie Theron's character Marlo, her she has a brother, played by Mark Duplass, who's uh, got more money and like they sort of you know they have their own nannies and because of that they can live like these you know very hipstery like much more uh, you know sort of uh, rich parenty lives and he suggests that she just has a night nanny which is a woman who comes at night watches the baby while you sleep and so while you're asleep you can get rest finally uh, and then they just take care of the kid while you're asleep so. She calls this woman named Tully, who comes in playing Mackenzie Davis, um, who also I now have a mad crush on because <laughs> she is gorgeous mm-hmm. in this movie. My God, um, and uh, uh, I think most people probably know her from the San Junipero Black Mirror episode, um, right? So she's, she's starting to pop up, and she was also in Blade Runner. She was the prostitute in the threesome scene, so she loves weird cyber <laughs> sexuality. Uh, that's her jam, apparently. Um, so. Tully is sort of like this classic mini pixie dream girl style character. She kind of like has all these 
uh, uh, words of wisdom. She's like a free spirit. She's very sexually open. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about this sort of threesome scene that she does with her husband to kind of give the husband some sexual gratification with with like how they they sort of all sleep together and like so you know this is sort of like complicated thing we also eventually learn that charlie's there and is by and she may be having a crush on tully as well and then at the end it's this big thing where they go to new york and tully says like i'm just here to bridge the gap she keeps saying that i'm just here to help you reconnect and you know um, she doesn't want to hear that they get drunk and they drive home and she falls asleep at the wheel she crashes um and she's saved and when she comes out we learned that Tully wasn't real at all. Uh, Tully is actually her middle name. She's not been sleeping the entire time, so she's like completely exhausted, suffering from severe, like a mental break from severe exhaustion. And we learned that Tully is basically an avatar for herself when she was 26. It's basically the free-spirited, fun-loving, exciting person she was before she had uh, kids and got married. Right. And it like Tully was kind of this version of her that came to her to uh, kind of reignite her passion and, and her and her realizing that, you know, she didn't waste her life and that she's in a place now that that makes sense. And that um, kind of about, uh, you know, looking back at yourself um, and then like at the end, Drew realizes he's going to be a better father and then they work together and Tully is uh, is off and won't presumably ever come back. Um, so that's the big twist. It's a big fight clubby twist. And like I said, I think you could come at this originally and be like, what? Because <laughs> like, right. uh, it's a little ridiculous. I can't deny that. Um, it's one of those booms that logically probably doesn't break down very well. Uh, but for me, why it works is, and I know I've been talking a lot, so I'll, I'll turn over, so I'll just quickly say no, for me no, why it works from, is is that to me is very clearly um, it is the writer Diablo Cody of Tully age writing to Juno age Diablo Cody. You know what I mean? Because Cody has really toned down on the sort of she, there's still some very funny lines, but she's much more naturalistic with her dialogue now. She's much more sort of plot and character driven every line doesn't have to be like super ridiculous and funny that was like a complaint i had with juno and but i think also she might be as an adult feeling a lot more jaded and cynical and missing that kind of side of herself too so to me it's like a woman who who has gone through that who has had kids who has probably lost on that spark talking to her old version of herself and and basically realizing her in a a literal way and that's what i thought was made the ending interesting it's if you look at it too logically, I understand if you get mad about it, but to me it's more thematic and thematically I thought it was right. was something interesting. I, I agree. I think that I understand that uh, counterpoint. I feel, I feel like I understand both counterpoints. I do feel like it creates a disjointed element that could have been better jointed because the first part of the movie is so very logical about when Tully shows up. Like, I feel like I needed more like, I, I feel like it does the fight club twist ending without like doing the, 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 the work or the... service that Fight Club does to the rest of the movie. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. It doesn't. It doesn't do like a lot of the deja vu stuff in the background. It doesn't do the other things. It doesn't talk about that. I mean, if if you if you had, and that may be why the twist is so good. You know, like you don't see it coming. Like, like she's yeah. like, like because it took me a minute to like catch up with the movie. I was like, wait, what? What? 
what? What do you mean? What? <laughs> like, and I was like, are you going this route? And then eventually I turned around and liked it. But I definitely like the twist was so hardcore on me that I like I was like, oh, OK, cool. I guess we're here. Um, and I agree. Looking back, I think that the thematically it all makes perfect sense. And I think you're right. I think that like this versus Juno, like this is so much better. I'm sorry. Than, than yeah, Juno I think she's me. getting better with. I still like Young a little better just as a whole, but I think she's getting better with each script in terms of just like when she like because when like there's this really great great point where um, all the parents keep calling the kid quirky, the kid with Aspergers, and uh, or or some form of autism, we're not sure. Um, and she's like, "What the fuck do you mean quirky? Don't you just mean retarded?" And like she goes on this really well written, like very you know. Um, classic-y, diablo Cody kind of rant. But because she hasn't layered it with 8,000 quips, when you get to it, it's like it actually works, and it's kind of like, you know, this person breaking right. out of that mold. Um, and she's learned better to hold back. And Or if you have a quirky character like Tully, there's like a reason why she's so weird and has all these crazy lines. Right. Like, her... She's not even like, and the other thing about Tully that works is I don't think that's actually Charlie Theron when she was 26. I think that's what she thought she was like at 26 or the idealized version of herself at 26. You know what I mean? Like she wasn't that. Right. Right. Weird and all over the place and quirky, but she was more that, you know, and and it's like this version of you where you look back and you're like, right. Well, like if you were like a punk rock kid. You probably remember yourself as the most punk rock kid, but you were probably just like just just a regular like punk rock kid or whatever. Yeah, you're you know? probably you're probably and, like the regular kid. You're like, but just by comparison to your current self, you're like, I was so hardcore. You know, like that's like exactly, that's like something yeah. you do. Yeah, you're like, I'm so hardcore. And I think that's one of the things. I wonder if it's hard for Diablo Cody to go back and watch Juno and like just be like, you kind of want to tell your is. younger self. To- fuck off a little bit i mean that's i i I have no i have to admit i go back and read some of the stuff i wrote as a kid and i like i like really want to tell myself to fuck off (laughs) like that's maybe like i didn't like who i was as a person but at the same time like i mean this is a very different reaction to kind of your younger self whereas it's like one of those things where it's like you know for me personally like life is better than when i was a kid I i don't know maybe i am alone in this but there's always this like longing for like a younger day that i just don't understand necessarily i guess like you don't understand like wanting to go back to being a kid i get i get understanding wanting to be younger in college but college is like the limit do you know what i mean yeah no totally. like and even I, and I even totally then i guess like that. even then like i i understand that there's like a difference between like college and now that's like I have way more freedom now. I, I like I like being employed. Like I like even if I have a dead end right. job, like I, I like being employed. I like like being able to do my own shit. I don't know I'm very lucky and I you know, that's I don't know. I don't want to get into this. This is getting dark. <laughs> Sorry. This is no, Jack getting, disagrees with No, and I think we all change and I think it's part of the thing is like, you know, she's this whole line Tully says about like, you're boring, but it's okay to be boring and like people work very hard to be boring and then it's sort of interesting yeah capra ish sort of monologue that yeah. like you know what what we view as sort of um what movies often view as like the the worst you know because it's all written by artists you know it's a we're all right. artists so so that's and, why I and think, we make suburbia out to be literally the worst thing that's ever happened to anyone like right because one like, of those a lot of us like, escaped from suburbia or rural towns and so they get the shaft you know because they're like you didn't understand me towns only new york and which LA is, i understand me. and it's one of those things that i have to admit like i understand about trump voters sometimes where they're like 
they feel really it's shit exhausting. upon because the major yeah it's it's i, I mean not that like it, it, one of the few things i may disagree on is that like general media generally paints the majority of middle america as a shithole and it's yes, not it's agree. not necessarily a great thing uh but i mean that's that's a failing on this part but i think like this movie has a lot of spirit and like that way that i love and i agree that's my favorite line of the movie when she says uh you know, it's okay to be boring. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, yes. That was one of the, that was like, maybe that was a, that, maybe that was a thing I needed to hear right now. I guess yeah. like, I was like, <laughs> um, I think the other quick question thing though, uh, to you, Ben, can you tell me what the main, cause there is, there is a main speech in Juno where it happens. Where's that like Diallo Cody style rant. Can you tell me off the top of your head where it is in the movie? Oh, uh, what do you mean? Oh, and like this, in this film, no, in Juno, like in where Tully? where is her main rant? Uh oh, like the the one I was talking about, the quirky rant or the quirky rants in this one, right? Sorry, what were you saying? I'm I'm talking about Juno, like in the movie Juno, like Diablo Cody tends to have like a rant oh, like a that rant. happens in oh, the yeah, movie that is like the th- that that kind of happened when she and Jason Reitman. She realizes that like Jason Reitman is like leaving his wife and not like doing stuff. And then she kind of like Juno has this big rant about how like you have to have responsibility and like you, you I'm more of an adult than you are. I'm trying to realize. And that was like the whole big blow up in that movie. And that's like, I remember a lot of people being mad that like Jason Reitman's is being a creeper in that movie. But like, yeah, he's hanging out with a 17 year old. It's not cool. Um, he's not a cool right. dude. And that's, and it's kind of the, the thing you have to have responsibility, I guess, I guess like, and it's okay to like want to be young, but you can't like kind of live through vicariously through other people. I think was like her idea, but it comes from a very teenager yeah. view of that. Of like, uh, I could tell Diablo Cody was a cool teen who got like hit on by gross old dudes, and she was like, Ugh. <laughs> like it comes through in that that. Yeah, that I think I think that's like. that's that's true. But I think my point that I was gonna say is that like the big thing I was agreeing with your point initially is like I can't remember what the core. I should have just. I don't know why I asked you this question. Like I wanted it to be dynamic and throw it back to you. Sorry. But like, I should have just said, I can't remember to myself. What was the core thrust of Juno? Cause I know a rant happens and I know it happens to Jason Rittman and I don't know when it happens in the movie. And, it, and I think it's because that movie is such like a fucking, it's like smears you on the road with like quips. And then like, it's remembered as this quippy movie. And it's like, now we're having a serious talk about it. And it's one of those things It takes me seeing Tully to remember that Juno may actually have like a thematic point, which it definitely does. It's just that I don't remember it because it's, it's, it's hidden inside this quip, like a quipathon. So I think that's a really good, if anything else, watching Tully has brought out my criticisms of Juno. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think, I think Diablo Cody is going to be reevaluated as a whole, as an artist uh, who's, who's constantly sort of and she's always kind of talking about female characters in relation to films as well i feel like she, like a young adult is about like what is the most evil version of the woman who goes home and tries to find herself movie it's like what if uh what if sweet home alabama but uh, reese witherspoon was a literal monster like like a, like a jason Voorhees level psychopath right um, right <laughs> like who just came home and tried to like ruin everyone's life um and 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 I think that's something that always makes her interesting is is she she wants to like like this film part of her goal is like why are all these movies about motherhood ignoring like the horrible gross stuff like when you have to just sit and like be milked for like a day and just like be miserable and like this like monotony of motherhood and I thought that was that mon- those montages yeah. are uh, 
terrifying. <laughs> if you're a person like me who doesn't really want to have kids, uh, it's going to double you down on that. <laughs> it's going to make you right. go like... Uh, I have a, I have a like meeting every week with my uh, with my HR person, not my HR person, but with uh, with kind of my two main bosses, and they they both have kids, and they both sit down and talk about kids, and I have openly committed to calling it like Jack's date, like Jack's like biweekly birth control session. <laughs> like they're very, yeah. they're both very good moms. Like both of them, their credit, they're both very very good moms. But like yeah. it's just like they talk about shit, and I'm like, holy fuck like like fuck me yeah. that's hard like yeah. i can't yeah okay yeah yeah and katie talks to me about having kids sometimes and it freaks me out like really i mean my, me my out, joke bro. always is that i just want to jump to being an adult and have adult kids like i don't want to do any of the work i just want all their like respect and love later i just want to jump to that part that sounds great <laughs> that's that does sound good <laughs> Like, oh. I need someone when I'm dying to care. <laughs> I want that part, but not the <laughs> screaming and you know throwing stuff and trying to stab me when they're forks. They don't know what empathy is. You know, it's like, oh boy, I could skip that part. <laughs> Lord. All right, uh, let's go ahead and score this bad boy. Uh, you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Um, kind of wavered in between, so I guess I'll just do a. Uh, Actually, I'll give it a little bit higher. I'll do an eight. I'll do an eight. I'll do a full solid eight. A little higher maybe than I deserve, but I think it's just working on a little bit more interesting stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, and 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 I think you know the twist is probably part of that. It, it it comes at an interesting pace. I think that it doesn't just go down a a more traditional story as I was expecting. I I I was more expecting the twist to be because I actually did know there's a twist just from a friend because he was like. I went on the Reddit official discussion and uh, don't go on there because there's like I was not expecting this movie to be a twist movie and I was like oh hmm, all right right um, right, I, right. Thought, I didn't I didn't even know to look for a twist is the thing that like surprised me I think is the biggest that's thing good I'm glad this movie I'm glad then because I think I'm convinced to go see this uh, so I'm glad if I did that I didn't uh, make yeah, that obvious I think it works um, better that way yeah I think so and but I thought the twist is going to be you know that. <laughs> Um, I could tell pretty early on she was by, and then it was confirmed later, and I thought it was going to be this whole thing where it's like, she and Tully are going to rock off together, or maybe it'll be a poly thing, or maybe it'll be something like that. Um, but then I was not expecting it all the way it was, and like I said, I kind of went through a dip where I was like, well, this is weird and dumb, and it kind of came out of nowhere, but then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, and I think because I've enjoyed Diablo Cody's career, and because I, I think she's evolving as an artist, that's why I give it a little extra. It feels like a, a new step in an artist kind of Revaluing her old work, where she's going, um, writing a very interesting story about where she's at right now, and it, I think it's going to be interesting because I think Co- Cody's going to like, you know, keep writing the movies of where she is in her life at that point, and I think that's a, I think people who do that are very tend to be very uh, rewarding long term in their career and have uh, people that you're going to want to go back and like talk about, and so uh, it's good. It just feels good to like these two people again. Like <laughs> it's like it was not fun yeah. for the last couple of years. Yeah. Being, like. Oh shit! That's that was another terrible Jason Reitman movie. Like oh boy, um. So it's good to just like enjoy them again, and and so maybe a little bit of my positivity is just like, hey, two people I liked once are back at it. Uh, there was that dip the Coen Brothers had for a bit, and everybody was like, oh no, because they made like a tolerable cruelty and the Lady Killers, and everyone's like, 
Ugh. Yeah. And, the, and they came back with yeah. no control men. We're like, we're fine, everyone. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, it's all good. Yeah. It's and all and good. it's funny to watch like careers this closely, I think. And I don't think this is something I would have noticed if we weren't doing this podcast. Cause this is just Diablo Cody is somebody that I know tangentially about, but would have come back to her after the fact. And I think this is one of those things where like, I'm, I'm glad to know this because it's one of those things. It's nice to like in the, in the, I, I really wouldn't have known that there was kind of a dip a little bit until I talked to you. Cause I guess like, I don't like interact with like stuff like Juno in the same way. Yeah. I think most I of and like, that's, that's the thing about these people that know uh, Diablo Cody and Jason Reitman is after up in the air for Jason Reitman, at least she didn't write that one, but like they kind of disappeared off the map for most everyone else like Juno was a huge hit and then up in the air was an oscar movie and they both made movies that either the critics liked or didn't but no one saw like and no one saw this film either they, so. also, they also produced jennifer's body so yeah so. Jennifer's body. i mean immediately is... after immediately after up in the air which jason reitman was producer on he yeah. goes off and he's mostly executive producer producers on a bunch of shit i mean he's producer on labor day fuck me jesus no he, he directed labor day and men women children which is terrible oh am i just wrong oh yeah labor he's day. just producer oh yep 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 this is because imdsbb has failed me thank you very much yeah imdb puts i forget he's did thank you for fucking smoking jesus yeah it's a great movie it's his debut yeah yeah he came out of the gate me. hot yeah yeah that's pretty good um, um yeah so it's it's just good to feel like good about these people again and it's generally interesting Charlie Theron is great like we didn't really talk much about her her and Mackenzie Davis are both excellent together and have very good chemistry and it's just like mm-hmm. yeah just a really good it's 96 minutes doesn't overstay his welcome it's just a smart film that's uh something to chew on and, and an interesting sort of progression of a person's career so uh yeah. 10 might be a little All much right. for that but I don't care <laughs> I'll go to seven. I probably dis- I think that there's still a little bit of tension with the twist and the movie structure, mm-hmm. but I think that's 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 a very slight criticism. I think I'm going to give it a seven out of ten. It's still a very good movie. You need to see it. It's the best movie I've seen about motherhood this year. Actually, no. When was uh when was no? She was in the Oscars this year for what was it? <sighs> I think what a motherhood movie was. Lady Bird. There. Sorry, Lady Bird was last year. Oh yeah, that's a that's a good one. Lady Bird was last year, so my point is, it's the best movie I've seen about motherhood this year. This year, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's not too many that comes out, so it's not like it's a it's not like it's a super competitive category, but ironically, it's still a super high quality category. <laughs> well, it's interesting, at least for me, like in the indie theater, like seeing this is like they show all the other movies that only like the old people who go to all the indie movies want to watch. Boy, that's just like those are rough in comparison to this movie. It's just like one which is like entirely about a group of old women who do read Fifty Shades of Grey and they're like, I want to get kinky, and I'm like, I want to kill myself. <laughs> I don't ever want to watch this. <laughs> it's just like, oh, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> before we start talking about worst movies for the Movie Gang Podcast, this has been Ben Haworth. Thanks, guys. And I've been your host, Jack Newman. Thanks for this quick abbreviated session of the Movie Gang Podcast. Tune back in next week where we finally tackle. We're back to summer blockbusters. The Avengers are finally kind of, uh, you know, letting up on, <laughs> on killing everything else. So uh, we should be able to, to review uh, Deadpool 2. So uh, stay tuned for that. And from everyone here at the Movie Gang Podcast, thanks for listening. Head on over to the Movie Gang, uh, thetuscanshed.com, and check out everything else on the Tuscan Shed Media Network, as well as ways to help us. We would really appreciate that. <laughs>